Hello. Welcome. This is the Push the Shout podcast. I believe this is episode 26. It might have said episode 25 on the YouTube thing, but it is episode 26, I think. I'm Skippy Sigmatic. This is- I'm Mike. We're talking Patrick. Yes. Coming and at you live. We're coming at you live from our homes. We're here to talk about video games and really, well, what else is there to talk about? <laughs> But GTA 5 Online, or GTA Online, technically, it doesn't include the 5. Yeah, so, well, first of all, you you jerk, it's my birthday today. Oh, right, so, yeah. Happy birthday to me. It's going to be a, a swell I podcast tonight. F- I fucked it up. No, don't Sorry. worry about it. I mean, it's a Tuesday. There's nothing really going on today for it. Um, I'll be doing stuff later this weekend, but yeah, for now, let's just do a whole bunch of shit for classes and GTA Online, basically. Yeah, we've been playing a lot of that, actually. A whole lot. Yeah. it's I, well. So I always saw my brother playing it before it came out on PC uh, for months and months. And he was, like, not, not really obsessed with it, but just really, really into it. He doesn't play nearly as many games as I do, but... The games that he does play are he goes like ridiculously hard on. He yeah. goes hard in the paint on him. Like GTA Online was one, and Kerbal was another that he did. Anyway, so I always saw him playing, and I'm like, this just doesn't look fun. Like the single player looks so much better. And then when I would get to play it on his Xbox 360, I, I never thought much of it. But making your own character and getting invested in it that way has been so different. Like I'm, I'm really getting into the GTA Online. I love it. Yeah, I'm getting way more into it. Like, I, I played it on the console when it came out. So, well, on the console, what they did was they actually delayed the online release, like, two weeks to give you a chance to complete the yeah. single player. I really liked it, actually. I liked it. I wish kind of more games would do that because I always kind of feel like, well, do I want that first day experience playing with other people or do I want to go ahead and do the story? Uh, but they kind of eliminated that choice. <laughs> so I, I actually kind of liked that. But I don't know if it was intentional for that reason or whatever, but... Ended up being nice, but I, I just couldn't really get that into the multiplayer. I mean, I had a lot of fun with it for a few hours playing with a bad feeling and just kind of fucking around, as you do. But, like, god damn it, I just got so fed up with the questionable choices, like design choices that they made and stuff. It just it, it, it didn't seem like it had any lasting appeal. But somehow, they haven't even really changed it that much, like, conceptually, but somehow I'm having way more fun with it on the PC uh, I think a lot of that has to do with how actually good the like the mouse controls are, and first person view adds a lot to it. Like I play in first person view a lot actually. I don't play in first person all that much, but I think there's there's something to be said for it being on PC and not just for the visuals, because obviously the visuals are better on PC. But because you know my PC is where I do work, it's where I also play video games most of the time. Most of the time, I'm in my Windows environment instead of, like, playing on the PS4 or something like that, or Wii U. And so it's it's seamless to just talk on Mumble or be doing something else, then I'll launch up GTA. It's just, it feels like it's something that I can integrate in my regular game-playing, life-living experience. Yeah, that's a good point. That's something I didn't really think about, because, like, my, my PS4 and PS3 are in the, the other room. And I, so I have to like get up from my computer, go play on that. And if I want to like check the internet occasionally, then I'll have to like have my laptop there or something or use yeah. my phone. And it's just not convenient. 
And I, I feel, like you said, way more just, I, I, it feels like something that you could just like, okay, I'll just launch this and play it instead of something where you're like, it almost feels like more like you're taking time out of your day when you have to like get up and go to another area just to, just to play a video game. It's like, is this even worth it to, to have to like move? I just want to sit in my chair all day. It's kind of what I like about uh, my setup is that everything kind of, because I'm not like going out in the living room, I have my PS4 right below my desk, and uh, I have some stuff wired through sound cards and a capture card, and so my audio actually plays through Windows. Like I can drag a slider in Windows, and it will control the volume of my PS4. And that has made me just play it more. Even before Bloodborne came out, I was, like, playing PT a little bit more because you know how Mumble, it'll, like, lower the volume of other applications when people are talking? Yeah. If you if you send your PS4 th- through your computer, then it will also lower the PS4's sound volume. It's just it's just nice to, to have it all in sort of one ecosystem that you have very tight control over. Yeah, uh, I... I, it's just one more reason that I like PC games a lot more. I like having everything in one spot and not having to worry about all that bullshit. Uh, and, and like you said, just tying it with other programs that you want and stuff. I, I really hope Mumble gets positional audio because I think positional I really audio do, has that was great a, a lot. In, in uh, GTA 4. Yeah. But something that I've had a little bit of, not, not trouble with, but I'm, it's starting to wear on me a little with GTA Online. There aren't that many heists, but I... I the number of heists isn't the biggest problem. It's that once you've played through the heists, the prison break heist, the last one, is clearly the most efficient way to get money. And so what you wind up doing is just grinding through that one heist over and over and over again. Yeah. Have you run into that? Like, I kind of I like the um, the lab heist. I that, like that, that one. Was a little bit cool, but the I only mean, ones I've played. There's no about. reason to play it again. There's no reason to play it again. Yeah, the only ones I've played are the... Uh, I don't think the Prison Break's the last one. I think that's, like, the first one. No, that's the Fleeka Bank. Well, I mean, like, the it's first a, one passed... Like, the Fleeka Bank's, like, a tutorial. Not, the the Prison Break is the $400,000 one, right? I don't I'm know. i sure it's the last one. But anyway, I haven't played enough to, like, grind anything. Like, I haven't even played all of them, I don't think. I've only played the Prison Break, the Lab, and the Fleeka, Fleeka Bank or whatever. Um, so, I... I don't know. I I can see that as definitely being a problem because like, but but I think the bigger issue is like, once you complete the heists, there's not going to be any incentive to keep playing like from a gameplay ex- perspective, except like unlock more clothes or unlock more weapons, and eh, I, mean, I probably won't keep playing past that point. You know, I don't really care about the heists. I mean, they're 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 fun and they're well implemented. I think, but you know, they're not the biggest feature of the online for me like the most fun online i have is just just fucking around with with friends like going to getting a helicopter and trying to fly low under bridges and um just attacking random pedestrians together or having a shootout in the streets like just doing stuff in the free roam is the most fun thing for me but because people to to have fun in the free roam you supplement it with you need money to do it to buy cars and you know to have the most fun possible in free roam, you need to be having some sort of income in game, and the heists are the most effective way to get that income to supplement the free roam. But the heist, there's one heist that pays the most every time, yeah. and so you wind up doing that one over and over and over. Yeah, I, I, we kind of talked about this a little bit while playing at one point, 
I kind of I like that they fleshed out the heists to be like this whole experience. Like they've got cutscenes and stories and all sorts of stuff. Like there's a lot of detail there, and you can tell why. Well, part of the reason it took a year, I think, is because they wanted to tie it in with this re-release. But, but also, like, you can tell that there was some effort put into it that didn't really need to be put into it, and that I don't think people expected that much, like, stuff to be to come with the heist, yeah. like cutscenes and stuff. Um, but it doesn't feel. I like, like that they're not half-assing it. Yeah, they're not half-assing it, but there's no way they can create a lot of content when you're being that detailed with the content. And you have to like strike a balance, you know, like do we want it to be this quality, like packed full of stuff kind of thing experience that doesn't actually last all that long, like that you're going to be repeating a lot, or do we want to just do kind of like a a more dynamic heist that doesn't have cutscenes and stuff that we could update a lot or just have a whole lot of them that you don't get as tired of. Uh, In some ways I would prefer the latter. I, in some ways I'd prefer just fuck the cutscenes that most people like most people I've been playing with have just been like oh we can't skip these cutscenes and it'd be like the first time they're seeing it and they just, they just don't give a shit so much it annoys me when people are like that but at the same time like they're right if you just want to play the heist you don't want to watch the cutscene especially if it's not your first time yeah and I like the, I like the cutscenes but I, I just the worst part isn't the cutscenes when they're talking like Lester, he's not that funny when he's talking to the brick walls that are the uh, silent yeah. GTA Online <laughs> yeah. characters. But that's not that bad. What's really bad are the prompts that explain how to use the heist menu. It's fucking mind-numbing how yeah. long it takes for the. T- it shows you a part of the screen and then it zooms in and it shows a a, a tooltip in the top left that just. It, it stays there way longer than you need to read it, and it's, it's painful, and it goes through, like, five of these text prompts, and you have to sit through it. It's, it's fucking ridiculous. The crazy thing about that is that that's always been a problem with the GTA series. I went back and played San Andreas not that long ago, I think after I completed five for the first time, and... I was trying to play the, the beginning where it's like tutorializing stuff. There's a lot of stuff in San Andreas that they have to explain, and they do it through that shit. Where it pop, pops up a text prompt in the top left and shows you something for like literally ten seconds, just like you're staring at this blank screen with text on it, and the text is only like one sentence, and you just sit there and you're like, okay, and then it moves on to the next one. That's it's that, every they, they still do it. Like a decade later. Games since forever. I mean, I can't think of games that don't do it. Uh, they've, yeah, they've, 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 let you, they've let you advance through text once you're done reading it. There's a manual advance. Like, you can wait in any RPG with dialogue or anything. Since Super Mario scroll- 64. Yeah, the text will scroll on, and then you can kind of wait, and it will move on to the next. Or you can just press A, and it will move to the next line. Because... People have understood for a long time that people can read things quickly, and one of it's just a it, ridiculous. It, it does decision. blow my mind that and the games are, still like, come out without unskippable yeah. cutscenes, and there's or a with unskippable. There's a few like decisions like that where you're just why did they implement it this way? It doesn't seem to make any sense, but it's. They have such confidence in the product. Like if you look at the loading screens, and you can see like Rockstar logo. Uh, copied like a hundred times horizontally and in, in the rows, like in the background behind the uh, the loading screens. <laughs> I didn't I that. It's like in the in the black backgrounds behind like the text that explains what's going on, and there's like the portrait of the character to the right. 
in the background it's like the Rockstar logo a few times like copy. the loading screens are really long so yeah you have some time to notice this kind of stuff like especially just launching the game I, I feel like it takes a really long time and I've had this weird glitch where it's, it'll get stuck on the loading screen and it doesn't look like it's stuck like it looks like it's loading I have to alt F4 I have to press alt F4 to act like it's I'm shutting down the game and it brings up a menu that says are you sure you want to quit and if I cancel in that menu then it instantly brings up the game as if it's been loaded the whole time. And I have to do that like every time I load the game and I, I, I it doesn't make any sense. I, I, I don't know. There's some weird glitches and stuff, but, but it's that stuff like, okay, whatever glitches happen, especially in a PC port of this magnitude. It's the design choices, like unskippable cutscenes and like fucking wanted levels that don't make any sense whatsoever. Where like, you'll just drive by a cop yeah, and get well, a wanted level. That only happens online for, yeah, I mean, well, that's least. the thing. Like, why does that happen online? And I have no idea. Player? What, is the, what sure, have they done to change it? I'm, I'm pretty sure it's because that if the cops behaved the way that you, they did in single player, you would be able to get by with a lot, you know, worse cars and worse weapons and all kinds of things, and you wouldn't have an incentive to keep playing into the to the game and possibly be tempted to buy Megalodon. There's some lag there. I don't know what just happened. Some lag? Okay, so... Are you, I'm back? Yeah, you're back. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that the police... The police are a lot more aggressive online, and the wanted levels last a lot longer. I think that they're trying to incentivize you eventually buying in-game yeah. money with real-world money. That's... You know, why, why don't you get the better car? You'll get away from these super long wanted levels faster. They, they seem to make a lot of decisions that increase time and waste your time and extend the grind just slightly. Not enough that I'd be willing to stop playing, but just enough to irritate me. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't know if that's necessarily incentivized by the cash shop. Like, I think that could just be something like you want people to keep playing your game to get the better stuff, and you want to incentivize that whether they're paying for it or not. You want them to keep playing the game. You want it to remain popular. But uh, it, it, I don't know. I, I'm not sure I agree with that because it just seems like there's no logic to it sometimes. Like, just you, you get a one level for no reason. And, and it's not like it's hard to hide from the cops. It's just annoying. And, and leveling yeah. up isn't going to make it any easier to hide from the cops and wait for well, your yeah, one level to go. And then you can call a faster car. And you can call us well, yeah, but you that's can call Lester at like can. level twenty or something and just get it instantly taken out for four hundred dollars, which costs. Which it's is nothing. weird. It's I, it's I don't so understand weird. it. It's weird. It is it, the, everything about it is really weird, and some of it's weird in a bad way. But it's yeah. definitely a great. And then game. just like joining stuff, yeah, it is great. Like I mean, there are these nitpicks and complaints, but overall, it's some of the best multiplayer yeah, fun we, I've had in a while. We probably wouldn't complain about it like this if it if it weren't a good port, if it weren't a good game, if it weren't a lot of fun. It's like these little things stand out because the rest of it you're actually having a lot of fun and then just like one little thing that's off. Joining stuff doesn't seem to have or the way they lobby doesn't seem to have rhyme or reason to it. Zero. Like you'll, yeah, you'll join to actually play with your friends. You gotta launch not into multiplayer, but launch into single player. And then start a crew-only match, and then people will join. Like, why would you have to do it that way? And why you'll do, like, you... a heist. You'll do a heist. You'll invite people to your heist, friends. And then at the end of the... Not not the end of the heist, but at the end of the single mission inside of the heist, it kicks you into free mode, which you have to load to get to, because you're having to connect to a server with other players. 
And then half the time, you're not even with the, the people that you did the, the first heist thing with. So you have to invite each other all back again. And they have to go through the loading screen again to get to your free mode server, which is a different server from their free mode server. So they have to go through that loading screen. And then they have to go through the loading screen again to get to your lobby. Yeah, it makes it, more it, sense when it's on like a, a console with a... I, I hesitate I to say it was, casual. It was weird on the console, to say, too. I hesitate to say casual, but when a lot of the time you're not going to have a consistent group of players to run these heists with, and you'll be pairing with randoms pretty often, then it makes sense that they're kind of spread out, and then you go back to the game and reload with new people because you aren't going to have the same people. It makes a little more sense then, but on PC, when people have easy access to the same groups of people and would probably want to be able to stay with them to not support it's just kind of weird it is weird. but for the most part the port's amazing and i actually tried the uh director mode and rockstar editor for the first times this week and they're honestly incredible like they're they are an exponential improvement on halo 3's theater mode that's weird um, it's 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 the closest you can probably get to source filmmaker without being like an editing program instead of a game. Um, director mode is particularly interesting because that's not like just a move the camera around mode. That's when you can play as any character, enable any cheat, just do anything. It's it's really fun just to mess around in, even if you're not making a video out of it. And the the simplicity of the editor. And how much it lets you do is really cool. If you put a song in, you're allowed to use basically any music from the game's soundtrack or on the radio stations. It detects the beats, or at least it has the beats per minute recorded so it can parcel it up. But you can skip to the beats of the music in the timeline. You can skip to the beats, and so it makes it really, really easy to sync cuts and edits to the music. That is a level of detail I never would have imagined. It's, it's a really good feature. It's amazing. That that's like that is like straight up professional editing tools kind of thing. Like that's yeah. actually incredible. I, that I had no idea it was that in depth. Uh, I, I know GTA Four had something, but I think it was really simple, especially compared to this. But yeah, that's really cool. It's a bit of a mixed bag because they have something like that that's so cool. But they also, from what I can tell, I might be wrong, but from what I can tell, it doesn't let you export just a file. Like, you have to upload it to Social Club or yeah, YouTube. I'm sure that's some, but, you know, like, uh, we, well, we want them using our service, you know. If you really cared about making longer, more involved stuff, then you could just download it afterwards. But um, or, or just... I don't know, because I don't know if there's a way to hide the interface while you're playing it in the engine, so you might not be able to record it with your yeah. software, but I think you might be able to. Either way, you can just upload it and then <laughs> just record that uploading, like I do every once in a while for my videos, embarrassingly enough. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, Jesus, I don't know. I don't know if we want to sit here and talk about GTA Five the whole time, because... I don't if you if you if you've played it, you know what we're talking about. If you haven't, I don't know if you're interested in GTA. So, <laughs> but uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of tough when you're talking about games that have already been released. I mean, talking about Dark Souls two when it came out in um, April for PC last year, people had already played it because it came out for the consoles earlier, 
And this is an even more pronounced example of that. Now it's like closer to two years instead of a few months. But, you know, at least a, a significant portion of people are experiencing it for the first time. And I'm kind of not experiencing it for the first time, but really getting into it now. And you know what would be really cool? lots of other people are too. It would be really but, cool if they, uh, if they did this to Red Dead Redemption. And they released that on PC with all these features. I would... That would be... I wouldn't know what to say. I would buy that immediately. Yeah, it would be great. I would so, buy a special edition of that. I would buy merchandise. Make it happen, please. Um, hopefully, I don't know. I've been kind of editing together a few different kind of videos and stuff with GTA Five. I don't know if I don't know how much usable footage I actually have to upload an actual video, but that game is a goldmine for like youtubers just to upload yeah. clips of it is a fucking gold mine especially if you're playing with friends just funny shit happens non-stop in that and, game and what's great is the action replay mode that's so nice to be able how to does do. that work does it automatically just, record your game oh, you not not automatically but if you press f2 then it starts the buffer okay and so then it'll record constantly store the last 30 seconds of footage and then if something interesting happens, you just press it, and then it... it right, it. shadow play style. Yeah, um, it, yeah, it's exactly like that, except it stores the in-engine stuff. It's great. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, I'd like to see that in a lot more games, uh, please, <laughs> developers. Um, all right, I was trying to... Before we started, I was trying to think of things I had done this week other than GTA, things that I had watched or done or played... And I could think of literally nothing. I haven't played Bloodborne since GTA came out. And just, yeah, I, I have had a very uneventful week, it turns out. Well, I mean, I've been busy with like work and stuff, but nothing nothing interesting, nothing podcast-worthy. Uh, but what about you? Do you have anything to talk about? Yeah, okay, so I actually lost my uh, ID today, of all days. And it just fell out of my wallet while I was at the vending machine. And so that was an adventure trying to find it later. Uh, but yeah, (laughs) damn, it was, it was weird. Okay. So it's nothing happens. Just, this isn't a story. There's no end or climax or anything, but it's just an anecdote. So I get a call to today and, uh, I had noticed that my, ID was missing from my wallet, my driver's license, and I was like, okay, uh, maybe it's just around my room somewhere. But I get a call from the police at my university, and they say that we have your ID, go get it. And I said, okay. And I walked across to the, like, prison. (laughs) The prison, the school prison, (laughs) the brig. Yeah, I walked to the brig. (laughs) And I had to I had to buzz in on, like, this intercom, and then I had to, like, wait five minutes at the door, and then they buzz back and let me in. It's like, you're clear. And then I walk up, and there are, like, all kinds of big, heavy metal doors that have to be, like, unlocked electronically, remotely. And then I finally get up to, like, this bulletproof glass window with a circle cut out in it, and then uh, this huge-ass fat guy, he, he waddles out from behind the corner and he's just fucking billowing out of his out of his uniform and and he, he's all red and I think he's like been sunburned as well, so he's got like the peeling going on. I'm sure we and have then, a lot of fat viewers and you're insulting them all and this is very and then he looked, And then he looks at me and he says 
he has my ID in, in his hand. He sticks it through the hole and he says, Anything else? And then I said, No. And then he turns around and he walks back into his cave. And then I left through the heavy metal locked doors. It was well, it is Baltimore, strange. so I'm not really it surprised. It's, it was weird. It was, it was very strange. That sounds sounds like a scene straight out of The Wire. Yes. And speaking of good TV, I didn't watch The Wire, but I've been catching up on Mad Men. And that's been really good. I, yes. I, I got, like, two episodes in to season three. Or, not season three. Season seven. The latest season. It's divided up into two halves. I only got as far as episode two. I haven't even watched never, episode two, so you're, and then, you're already and then never. Me. And then never picked it up again until until now. Oh, oh, you but, mean it's episode two of this whole season of the? Yeah, I mean season yeah. seven, episode two. But I, I watched everything, and now I'm up to date. Seen season seven, episode ten. I think that's the most recent episode. It's it's really good. I didn't feel like things were coming to an end quite at the start of this season. I I didn't know how they were going to take it, but wow, it's. It it is really in your face with a lot of the uh, in episode symbols that they yes. that they have accumulate meaning, and but it themes. works so well. It works so well. I love and, then it. There, and then there are just these moments where you kind of want to groan, but you you don't because it's executed so perfectly. Exactly. Like when like when Don walks back to his apartment and it's empty and he's just standing there. And it's you like it's oh my god it's so contrived it's, but it's, it's so fucking so perfect well. exactly it's so perfect and it just feels like it makes sense in uh, everything like n- there those stories those narratives are constructed perfectly like to a T they hit all the right beats and they have all the right little things within each episode accumulate meaning and they have a payoff at the end and it's just really well done it's a really well done show it is like i, I every facet of it especially like the acting and 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 the directing of it, it just the way that the the way that they it, it's almost like this is a weird comparison to make but it's almost like the office and the the awkward moments that the office creates you know the show the office yeah yeah i, I like, the, the, it, Mad Men creates these awkward moments, and it uses the actors to just make it, like, it feels so real that you're sitting there like, ooh, this is really uncomfortable. And, uh, I mean, it's not just the awkward moments. I just feel like the awkward moments hit me the hardest. But, like, they they execute, so, like you said, they execute so well. And even if it's in your face with the symbolism and the themes, like, they'll choose a theme for an episode and just run with it. Like... This this episode's theme is going to be death, and just like every line of dialogue in the fucking episode is going to have like some undertone yeah. of death, and, and it's like, it Jesus. works, and it shouldn't work that well, but it does. It's so good, and just every there's subtext on subtext on subtext, and it's not all subtle, but it's still not, not subtle directly at all. in the They're text. They're building a computer in the office, and people are freaking out about how like. The technology is going to take their jobs, and it's like this and, and, should be awful. And this one guy literally explains that uh, people see the computer as a metaphor for whatever personal <laughs> trouble. They're, like that was so funny. Yeah, that one. Uh, that was that part was almost like a directly like to the audience, like haha, look at us. Like, but it, you're right though. It, 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 I love that show, and 
a lot of people do just like a lot of pretentious people that I don't really actually give a shit about <laughs> dismiss that show because like, Oh, well it's just, it's, it's, it's too in your face with the symbolism. It's, it's obvious. And, and you just like it because you think it's deep and really it's not that deep. And it's like, it, it, it is, is deep, though. but it's it not, it, it doesn't try to hide its depth. It's just like, here you go. And I don't see any problem with that. Uh, I, I like it a lot. It's like that. Very okay. Good. So somebody said that it's the best thing on TV right now. I think better call Saul is, equal to it. Yeah, I haven't seen that one, so... Breaking Bad, I don't think, was. And it's because Mad Men is able to get some of these complex moments where people are arguing and both of them are right, or both of them are not wrong, at least. Yeah. And you don't get that on on many shows, or, or movies, even. A lot of times, characters will be arguing with each other, and one is kind of clearly in the right, and then there's you can kind of understand where the other one's coming from, but... Mad Men, you watch it and you're like, ooh, okay, this is a fundamental struggle of humanity, and they have yeah. diametrically opposed positions on it, and both of them seem to be touching on something true. So how do you deal with that? And Mad Men does that spectacularly, and I think the reason that I'm liking Better Call Saul more is because it gets moments like that more often than Breaking Bad ever did, and it seems to be getting into that, you know... It's not afraid of that moral complexity. Yeah, and Breaking Bad, like, I feel like I, I also agree that Mad Men's better than Breaking Bad. I, I loved Breaking Bad. I think it spent maybe too much time just trying to create a cool climax. Like, every season had to have the cool climax and, and everything built up to it. And it became formulaic and it became too obsessed with that instead of like, simple characterization and 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 uh, i i i loved it i i really did but it, mad men i think is much more it feels like it knows itself more and 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 it's just trying to tell a story rather than rather than try to make a bombastic like everyone's going to be talking about this finale like no there's like the, the finales in mad men are almost purposefully underwhelming sometimes yeah. it, similarly to the sopranos which i think i actually mentioned this specific point about the Sopranos, which is that you go through each season feeling like breaking bad style. Like this is going to be huge. This like finale, it's going to be like, shit's going to go down and then nothing happens. Like it just fizzles out instantly. And somehow that is actually more entertaining than, than the, the crazy explosive, you know, finish. I mean, it's it. Mad Men has had some of that. Sure, sure. It, it's yeah. able. To, it's able to be so interesting because not every season ends with some cataclysmic event, but some of them do, and so it, it kind of the risk remains there, even when it's not turning things over on their head every thirty seconds. Um, I, I remember season seven, episode seven. It's the one called Waterloo. It's the ending of the first half. Yeah, like that was pretty. Uh, you know. Those were cataclysmic changes sure. that happened. Of course, and, considering that the end of the show is coming up, that's just inevitable. Like yeah, that. right. But and then even like season three when they go to the new agency, I don't know who. I don't know how many people give a shit about Mad Men, but you should give a shit about Mad Men because yeah. it is one of the, if not the best thing on TV right now. Yeah, it is, and uh, and yeah, the only things I'm watching, other things I'm watching right now. There's a lot of things I need to catch up on and shit. Like I, I want to catch up on Archer and Louie. And- oh, Louie! I was just watching Louie. Like 
right before the podcast. I that, just started the new season, the fourth season that came out a while ago. I can honestly say that Louie actually is one of the best things on TV right now it, as it, well. It is. Yeah. It is. It's um, a clearly artful. Probably, comedy. probably, it's, in my opinion, I would say the most unappreciated show on television for sure. Uh, yeah. it, it, surprisingly, surprising is is an understatement. Like shockingly artistic, <laughs> you know. Like like uh, the he things does he does with that show, considering whatever like, he wants. Yeah, but but like, he, and considering that, like, considering all he does is what he wants to do, and and he's just trying to make funny shit happen most of the time. The the truths about humanity that he comes to and like he's like really like there's like some real depth and some real shit that that goes down in that show oh, yeah. and I think a lot of people probably don't even think about it like they just laugh at it and move on but if you approach it as being like all right this is actually sort of autobiographical and and he's actually trying to like say something with some of these these episodes even if even if they just seem like they're funny that's the best kind of comedy is like comedy that at the first glance it just looks like it's something funny but then you th- but, it, but it makes you think and like well why was that yeah. funny and like it all comes together in this like actual artistic statement which is rare especially is, in today's tv it, it's the little things like um I, th- I think it was the first episode of season two of louis where uh his pregnant i think it was his sister um it stays with him for the night and then is having like incredible pain, and he thinks she might be dying or, or something horrible's <laughs> happening. And uh, she's screaming, and then uh, the neighbors come over, and he's you know just flustered and doesn't know what to do. And then this guy says, um, "Don't let something bad happen to your sister because you're awkward with strangers." And then you see him, and he's like, "You're right. I ha- this is important. This is more important than social." norms i'm gonna take care of this problem thank you you are a fellow human of mine and it was this really touching moment and then it all like resolves in her just having bad gas and she farts in the hospital literally toilet humor is how the show ends (laughs) yeah but it 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 flirts with that moment and that's it's so interesting and i just i had just finished the first two episodes of season four um, which he actually took like an extra long break for. The production of Louis is pretty interesting. Like Louis C.K. was a pretty famous comedian when it started, and the president of FX basically said, "Okay, we can, we'll give you this budget, and then we'll make the show this way." And he said, "Well, I just want to do everything myself." And he says, "Well, we can do that. We'll just give you a lot less budget to work <laughs> with." And then he's like, "Fine." And that's what he did. They don't even see the episodes before they air most of the time. It's that kind of show. He just does whatever he wants. And for the first couple seasons, he actually edited everything in iMovie on his MacBook. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> All of it himself. It's He is a, a comedic genius. Have you seen, and this is especially, I guess, prescient now, but uh, the the Robin Williams episode. Yes! Oh my, my god! It's my favorite episode of it's, the entire show. It's it's incredible. It's the the punchline at the end is like it's it's legitimately funny, and then you like think about like holy shit that was really dark, and then and then of course the 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 meta story of Robin Williams, which I mean this was like a couple years ago when the episode was actually yeah. aired, but like it becomes even darker, and like 
it's just it's really interesting and the none of nothing in the in the fucking episode is funny up until the very end and there's just one punchline it's kind of like i mean it's a very similar structure to that the toilet humor of the of his sister being in pain and like pregnant and stuff like nothing's funny up until the very end and it's just a toilet joke and like the humor of it is almost the fact that like this whole time you were sitting there like holy shit this is a really serious episode and then it's just a fart like i, I but anyway i, I there's a lot to say about that show and I, I, like, I wish i wish more people appreciated it cuz goddamn i like his show substantially more than his stand up yeah, I I like his stand up a lot. Like he's one of my favorite stand up comedians. But his stand up, I mean, his stand up's just funny. Like, he, well, I I don't. It's not just funny. It it's that. some he, of the funniest he does, working material right now. And, and period, he does but... he does get to a lot of like really like dark places with his stand up. That's actually like really good. But, yeah, but but like his show, you watch it and you're like, okay, I've never seen anything like this before. Um, and that's not really true of his stand up. Yeah, I I like his stand up, but I I agree. The show the show has a uh, level of quality and uh, uh, there's something to be appreciated about the show that, that the stand-up just doesn't really get to um but uh, goddamn yeah watch louie please everyone watch louie i i i, I, w- I couldn't like, i can't recommend it to everyone like i don't think that everyone would like that show i don't think everyone would like that style of humor but yeah and a lot well, of people you... call it like outdated too like oh well this is just like the awkward humor of the office and stuff and it's just I, I don't not. feel that way at all. Um, it, it, it's it feels very original to me, very unique. So, whatever. I was pretty I was pretty surprised to see at the start of season four that he's already he seems kind of aware of his the beats that his Louis episodes follow, and he's not wanting to just repeat the same pattern. Um, I think it was something about the grandma helping him into a cab, but something about that scene. It it felt like it could have gone differently, or no? It was a scene with the doctor. Yeah, yeah. there's so many strange scenes that you know they all kind of, you know. But the scene with the doctor, I thought it was going to go kind of like the uh, the what's his face David Lynch scene in the end of season three, but it wound up taking a different turn. I don't know. You kind of have to know the show to understand. What I'm talking about, so yeah. I shouldn't be talking about it this way. But and it, it is he, hard to talk about, especially to people who haven't watched it. But like, I I know what you mean. <laughs> Anyone who yeah. watched it probably knows what you mean. But like, I there's just the the surreal elements of that show are something that you don't see a lot. People compare it again. People compare it to shit that it shouldn't be compared to. Like, oh, it's surreal, therefore it's Tim and Eric, and it's like not at all. There's no you can boil it down to that level, but it's, it's completely, that's completely arbitrary it's, because it's it has, just this not. This show does not draw from kitsch or that kind of VHS kind Q, QVC television aesthetic like Tim and Eric does. It's, yeah, it's and, different. It's so different. And, and it's kind of absurd. And it's, it's, it's law. So randomness isn't the same kind of random humor, like surreal, like, when they're in a plane and the turbulence starts getting bad, and then they just start screaming, and you're like, "Oh, what the fuck?" And then the next, and the next scene, they're walking off the plane and not even acknowledging it. It's like, "What the fuck just happened?" And the it, the very <laughs> first scene of season four is Louis. This this should be all you need to figure out whether the show's for you. The very first scene of the season is Louis C.K. trying to sleep in his bed, and he's grumpy. Yes, yes. And, and then the trash men outside are making a pretty big ruckus. 
and banging the trash cans together and just yeah, making just too much noise. And, and, shit, and, like, oh. and then they and then they burst through his window and he's just kind of like, ah, oh, get out of here, get out of here. And they clap the, the lids of the trash cans together and start wrecking his room and jumping on his fucking body. And then he's still like, <laughs> like oh, get, let me sleep. If that sounds like a show that you want to watch, then watch Louie. Yeah, that's one of my favorite parts. <laughs> anyway, all right. Anyway, that's... Back to the, back to the video games because news. It's time for news. I gotta <laughs> I gotta steer us away because people in chat are like, "What the fuck are they talking about? This isn't video games." And fuck you, chat. We talk about what we want. This is our this is our podcast. This is our pod show. Right. Fuck you. Go watch you know two best friends or whatever. Fuck you. Anyway, watch Total Biscuits um, Port Report on uh, Bloodborne. Go watch Jim Sterling and his Jim Jimquisition. Wait, uh, okay. Thank hold you, on. Moment of silence. If we can have just a moment of silence, moment of respect for Jim Sterling. Thank you, Jim, for all Thanks, you Jim. do. Thanks, Thank you, Jim. All right. Where are we on now? Uh, news. And I'm just fucking you do it because I I I don't okay. know any news. So, um, yeah, there's really not much news ever anymore. <laughs> We're in the post. <laughs> Ever. We're in the post 2014 holiday season, uh, pre E3 2015 post period. first quarter 2015, which is just like the slowest and most grueling age of the year for video games. Yeah, um, actually, this isn't news. This possibly, but I want to find out when Broken Age Act Two comes out. Looks like it's coming out April 28th. Okay, so that's not out yet. Okay, news that we do have, though. <laughs> Breaking news about Ben Kachera. He's taking a break from games, guys. Uh, big tragedy going on in the gaming world. Just Gamergate was too much. It was. He's, he posted an article called, I'm taking a break. It's not you gaming. It's me. And it's kind of exactly what you would expect it to be. Um, he just... He seems to have lost touch with games, and then he makes some kind of underhanded, not entirely clear comments about Gamergate and hardcore gamers, but not actually mentioning it. It's just weird, and it seems like he's probably doing a Game Over Greggy move, maybe. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. It's it's like... It's like- Hey guys, I'm taking a break from games because me personally, I'm tired of games and it's just, it's all my problem. Also, here's what's wrong with the industry. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah. All right. And, and how fucking egotistical do you have to be to write a huge article about why you're not going to write about games for a little while? Like, fuck these people. He even mentions Bloodborne. He says, the most common response to my gaming malaise is a recommendation of Bloodborne, the game that seems to have taken the attention of the majority of the industry right now. My friends are playing it. The site is nearly dominated by stories about the game, and I'm not sure the game will ever write, be the right fit for my life, even though the job is to explore the ro- world of gaming and pop culture. Like, he doesn't even care really about Bloodborne, but he kind of seems displeased by the popularity of it for some reason, because it's a hardcore gamer thing. Who cares? I mean... Yeah, either this is an opportunistic move where he just literally has come to terms with the fact that he's not in touch with with games anymore. I don't think so. Yeah, I that would be optimistic to, to say that he has that level of self-awareness. But yeah, I mean, come on. 
write an article about, oh, here's, I'm not having fun with games, and here's why, and also Gamergate stuff. Well, he doesn't mention Gamergate. Oh, you, we shouldn't it's, bring it it's to like, something that... It's like subtweet territory, basically. <laughs> yeah. It's like that kind of, well, I'm not saying that, but you know what I'm talking about. That kind of... Yeah, and, 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 like, and like, oh, you know, everyone's young and playing games, and I'm old, and da-da-da, and it's just, yep, all right. I don't know. I, what, <laughs> I what is there to I draw from that? There's, there's really not that much. But no. I think I thought it was kind of interesting, though, that there are people who are adults. Mr. Beatong, he's a day trader, professional trumpeteer, who still manages to maintain a critically rigorous perspective on video games. And then I... I, I I don't know how old Matthew Matosis is, but fairly certain he's older than me. Pretty sure he's older than you. Kind of adultish, interested in video games, makes critical observations. There are some people who this is really a passion, and this is really what they care about, and I just don't see that for for Ben, our boy Ben. Yeah. He seems more interested in the culture and the industry than the artistic output. Well, exactly. I think a lot of people have taken on games as like... I'm, I'm going to change this industry. And what they really care about is, like you said, culture, society, uh, you know, the the issues in today's world, bigger, like more philosophical kind of debates. And they're just using games as a medium to examine that. And I mean, that's okay, fine. But like, I, I almost feel like they don't realize that themselves and that they're convincing themselves like I love gaming and I you know I, I'm a gamer and but really like they're like you don't see them having a lot of fun with games they're always talking about talking about the culture of games and stuff and it's like what are you interested in are you interested in gaming or are you interested interested in what gaming says about humanity like at least be honest to yourself about it and i don't think a lot of them are and that's why people accuse people like anita sarkeesian of not playing games even though like sure she's played them but like she's the kind of person that is 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 approaching games from a standpoint of here's what it says about culture rather than here's what games are yeah i mean it kind of one of the reasons that I like doing this podcast is that it gives me a venue to talk about something that matters to me in a pretty critical way. More like, in depth I, I than wanted, you would just in a yeah, casual conversation. I've, I wanted an outlet to do that because I actually care about talking about games and how they work and a little bit of the industry too um, In in a very... Rigor is the best way I can describe it. A, a way that's not just kind of glossing it over. If we can talk and honestly share in the magic of video gaming, then I don't know. It just It's not something I can do in real life. I can do it on the Push to Shout podcast. And I wouldn't want to give it up because it's something I care about. So I, can, I can't really see why Ben Kuchera would... It's it's a fundamentally different perspective, right? That he's willing to associate it with his real name in the first place, and then stops caring. I mean, I mean, yeah, we can't. I mean, we can't really uh, say what's yeah, going on in his personal life or why he's doing it. But like, 
I I know what you mean though. It's it doesn't you don't feel like you said you don't feel like he actually cares that much about games. I mean that's kind of what his article is about, I guess. But he's talking more of a here and now perspective, and you're talking about like just in a, in general. You're saying what I'm saying about just like I don't know if gaming is actually what he cares about. It's just something that he's chosen to care about in the larger scheme of like what he actually cares about. Yeah, I, I feel like if you if you start into games as an entertainment sort of interest, and you play them for long enough, then three things are possible. You'll either lose interest eventually, or you'll take up like a, a social interest in them and how they're instruments and expressions of broader society and culture and how they fit into the rest of your life that you actually do care about or you'll you'll single them out as a sort of more intense artistic study or something like that i don't know it it just feels like there's not eventually people are gonna you can't just have fun forever yeah just playing video games eventually you either move on or take it more seriously in one way or the other. Yeah, and 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 you know these people that we typically dislike, whose articles we typically disagree with, are also tend not to really examine games in the way that we want to examine games, in the way that we're interested in examining games, which is like what makes them fun, what makes them interesting. They're doing it from a cultural perspective, and I think that's part of the reason, like like. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago when Mark was on the podcast that, that I, I like Giant Bomb because they talk about games and not a whole lot else. Uh, yeah. they, they, they seem to actually like playing games, and that's a lot of just what their content is, is them playing games and talking about the games. They actually talk about the games. Uh, they had Patrick Klepik on there for a while, which in a certain subset of the Giant Bomb community was hated, and they constantly pushed back against him because he would write articles that weren't really about games. They were about gaming culture and eventually he just said well fuck it i'll move to kotaku where they're fine with that kind of stuff like that's which what... i can which i can respect oh i love it because like yeah. kotaku i mean on like not not joking not in a joking way kotaku is the perfect fit for him because they 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 brand themselves as like we're not just gaming we're i don't know they, they well first they branded themselves as japanese culture but like they're a culture thing like they're all they they brand themselves as a culture thing not a, just a gaming thing so sure you know and and he also respect to him he acknowledges it he's like yeah this is what i care about not so much the games but you know the whatever he calls himself a social justice warrior which i fucking hate but <laughs> regardless yeah well I, yeah sometimes you I don't know. I don't know what I was trying to segue with whatever you said, but let's just call it an abortion of a segue and move on. Somebody said that Aaron Signal was good back in 2012, that he was hit and miss. I say he's more like hit, miss, 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 hit. Uh, he, he just occasionally has a good glimpse of critical insight in a way that makes sense. But so much of the time, and I think this kind of does tie into something that you said about the way games are criticized or talked about, he takes like this very strange perspective on it that isn't as simple as just trying to politicize things or injecting an agenda. There seems to be something else, some 
more fundamental problem with the way that we look at this medium and criticize it that is just you can't get around yeah and i'd like to call it a trend because a lot of people do call it a trend it's I just do. like yeah it's the thing to do right now but i'm not i'm not so sure i feel like it's i feel like it's an effect of a larger thing going on in society that i i'm not qualified to talk about but like it it, it feels like it's not going to go anywhere to me i i hope not i mean so back in 1915 let's kick it back Back in 1915, the good old days. a guy named Vachel Lindsay was a performance artist, poet, and essayist. He wrote about action pictures, and action pictures were basically just what they called movies back then. Film criticism wasn't a developed discipline at the time. And he basically dismissed all films, all action pictures, as being nothing more than pure folly and this and that and just mad movements across the screen and he was pretty much the mainstream of thought then and then up until like the early 30s is that's about when films got the legitimate treatment they deserved and then even then kind of popular criticism of them wasn't made mainstream until Pauline Kael started writing for the New Yorker back in the 70s or 60s or whatever it was. So I, I I don't think it's stagnant totally. I just think that new media, film being the most directly parallel example, they take a while before a critique of them becomes legitimate. And then part of it even has to do with the products. Like the silent movies being made back in 1915 really weren't all that great artistically. And it sort of took a while before people got a hold of it but whatever i don't know what i'm saying <laughs> that was a very wow you, you seem to know your shit because i don't know who any of those people are and i took <laughs> i took a couple film classes but um it, yeah i mean what we're just we're just touching on something that's a really large uh god damn what do you even call it I, I I would call it a trend. Somebody said that I guess extra credits annoys me more, and holy shit, do they annoy me more? They're so much worse. Extra credits I think is more way more popular than Aaron Signal. And they is extra did... credits the one that makes us voice Chipmunky high yeah. voice. Yeah, high... yep. Why? That's the, that's the one. Why? I don't know. I don't know. It was some Penny Arcade partnership at first. Who even knows? But it's just the gimmick of their channel. My biggest problem with them is that they. They speak like authorities on on the subjects they talk about. His little character then, literally stands behind a podium. That pisses yeah. me off. Just straight straight up. Just like, wow, okay, there you go. It is it's not trying to hide that it's lecturing you and educating you and informing you. And I I, I can't appreciate that that style. Even Aaron Signal takes the kind of let's work through these arguments and here's the support for them and extra credits doesn't bother with that it just it just puts all of the the burden on their ethos of their podium and their chipmunky voice and their and yeah, if that if that's credible to you then then fine but you're not I, exactly from, in good shape from the few extra credits videos i've seen it it strikes me as like a uh, more authoritative and completely not trying to be funny cracked article like each video cracked. is like a like are you familiar with cracked? Yeah, but I I was familiar with cracked back in the back in the day before they kind of did their more serious 
well, yeah, like these days, Deadly like you'll stuff. get a lot of shit. Like I don't know, it, it, they do a lot of shit. Like five things you didn't know about, and then like they'll name a historical it's figure. Just a generic clickbait. It's clickbait right shit, and they they were part of what popularized clickbait. But they they skew it as like almost educational, and and they try to write it in such a way that it's funny and like actually written out, not like BuzzFeed, just like here's a picture and a caption. But like. It, they say these things as if they're facts, and then, like, if you actually do your research on it, it's like they've written, they've read an, a Wikipedia article, and then come up with all sorts yeah. of conjecture about that article, and and written it as fact. And extra credit seems to kind of do that in a way where it's like you get the impression that he's very, very ill informed on the topic that he's talking about, but acts as if it's like it's his pure, thing. it's pure sophistry. And so, if you really listen. To the way a lot of these people talk about what they're talking about, you'll just start to feel dead because you'll notice all the completely rhetorical moves they're making, and you'll—it's—it's it's just depressing sometimes when when you can see how little substance there is. Is I don't know. I I can't stand watching Aaron Signal or, or especially extra credits. Extra credits. This happened a while ago, but I'm going to say it again because now we're on the topic. I left my YouTube on autoplay, and it uh, it watched like fifty extra credits videos when I was out of the apartment, and I was so pissed because I didn't want to give them any views. <laughs> the FBI agents sitting outside of your dorm think that you're a uh, extra credits fan. Yeah, and this is this is I said this in one of my videos, but the the most annoying part about those videos is the tone of oh, I hope you guys have fun and maybe even learn something along the way <laughs> I hate that can you get more condescending than chipmunking your voice and talk literally talking down in pitch to people yeah I I hate that shit and that's that's that is essentially my problem with cracked I've 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 criticized cracked in the past because it's just like the popularity of it is just I feel like it's it's popular for all the wrong reasons. Well, not that it, there is a right reason for it. To, I just hate Cracked, and I hate sites like Cracked. And I'm not just talking about clickbait. I'm talking about exactly what you're saying, like talking down to people. The, the titles of the articles are inherently talking down to people because they're always like, here's something you didn't know. And it's like, thanks, Cracked, for telling me what I do and don't know. Like, it's just, ah, that shit. And it's so popular these days. And I and fuck, what is that guy's name who who draws the comics where he talks about like Tesla and cats? XKCD. And... No, uh, no, 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 Randall no. no. Yeah, XKCD's sim- yeah. Zach, but... uh, the o- what the oatmeal? Uh, yes, the oatmeal. That fucking guy. Also, the uh, Saturday morning breakfast cereal. All these fucking nerd culture web. The comics. cynical way in which those oatmeal articles, not articles, comics are written, like where you could just tell. That like every part of it is 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 designed to appeal to this demographic that thinks that they're clever and smart, but really they're just being pandered to in like the most awful way. And I'm sorry if you like his comics; they're they they are mildly funny, but like the popularity of them just says something about society that I yeah. fucking hate, and it drives me crazy. The, uh, it's so easy to just tap into that. The so head, easy. The head image of one of these uh, oatmeal comics is a cat. With a speech bubble saying, "I'll have a whiskey." Uh, <laughs> it's like that. it's like Garfield Part Two, except Garfield at least was like unique. It is. It's like nerd Garfield. <laughs> it's like Big Bang Theory Garfield, Marmaduke, Marmaduke, but with um, hot topic nerd culture. 
<laughs> we are going on some tangents in this podcast. <laughs> that's what, yeah, you know that's what the push. Is. You know what? We just hope that you're having fun. We guys. want the we just we want, want you the to push to shout audience. We just want you to have fun and maybe learn a thing or two on the way. You know, that's what we're here for. We want the push to shout audience. Oh man, the oatmeal is bad. The XKCD isn't quite as bad, but it's pretty bad too. Um, and then whatever Saturday morning breakfast cereal is maybe worse than the oatmeal, but um, I couldn't say. I don't know. Whatever. Let's move on. We can talk about it another day. I'm sure there's more and uh, more things that we can not. talk about how much we hate. <sighs> okay, so this is pretty minor, but they're finally fixing the durability bug in Dark Souls 2. Yay! Cool. <laughs> it's It's been a while. Basically, the bug is that um, on PC at 60 frames per second durability of your weapons would degrade twice as fast because they calculate it based on frames instead of on um, on time or number of hits. It was a very weird system and it made the PC version objectively harder. And they only fixed it now that it's come out for the consoles. Sound of the First Sin does run at 60 frames per second, so the same glitch was present and they decided to fix it across all versions. <gasps> but... Who cares? It's Dark Souls 2, and Dark Souls 2 isn't good, and if you're still playing it, it's only because you don't have a PS4, so that's all she wrote. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I am seeing a few people playing it again because it's the Scholar of the Source Sin and stuff, and like, I don't know, whatever. If, you, if, you, if you're having some itching for some Dark Souls 2 and you haven't bought the DLC, I feel like that's still an okay deal. You know, you're getting the graphics upgrade, you're getting a little bit of a difference there, and whatever. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not as doom and gloom about about the way that they've approached that although like it feels like they've toned it down from what their original approach was because the the outrage was so loud when they first announced this car of the first sin and like what it would be like but whatever fuck it i don't i don't care much about dark souls 2 anymore because i still haven't completed bloodborne i know i know now that i'm I'm not going to buy on day one anything that from makes that doesn't have Miyazaki as the director i mean um, Miyazaki is the only one who's consistently made good Souls games. Yeah. Wh- however you think, however you think Bloodborne fits into the Demon Souls and Dark Souls, you at the very least have to admit it's better than Dark Souls Two. And yeah, I'll buy immediately anything that he directs, and I won't buy anything that From Software directs without him on first yeah. day. Yeah, and I mean that's, that's reasonable because Dark Souls Two is just a, such a disappointment. I mean, uh, fun game, like we said, but. Yeah, I w- I would have bought it probably still, but it, it would have been you know I would have you know your expectations would have been reasonable. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um. So my brother just sent me a message, reminded me of something that I did, and I want to talk about it now. So uh, I saw a movie this weekend called Paul Blart Mall Cop. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I saw it with my girl, with my goily, and I didn't tell her that we were going to see Paul Blart and Hulk up too. What a great date! Yeah, it was fucking funny. You're and a charmer. It was it was on opening day of the movie, so it the whole thing kind of just degenerated into a kind of mystery science theater uh, riff tracks. Just people making comments while the movie was playing, and nobody gave a shit, and all it would take is one little peep from the audience, and we would just burst out laughing. The movie was... It's just maybe the worst movie I've ever seen. Um, 
<laughs> like he'll he'll start talking Kevin James as Paul Blart, the titular character. And he'll just he'll for some reason start going blah, blah, blah. And then they just move on. Like what <laughs> Why did he do that? I get that he has hypoglycemia, and that's in his character, but he didn't take sugar in that scene or the scene after. And it's it's just why that's what you ask yourself at, at every chance you can to take a breath: is why did that happen? Why are they doing this? This isn't f- funny. <laughs> I didn't realize until you mentioned it that that Paul Blart Two was a uh, uh, Happy Madison production. Oh, of course. But uh, yeah, of course. Kevin now in James. retrospect, of course. But I just thought he that all it. those had Adam Sandler as the star, but I guess no, not. No, no. It's it's an enterprise. It's an empire of an empire. <laughs> shitty comedies um, that everyone's they, starting to realize are shitty. But I guess there's still some people out there that that keep them going. Uh, it kind of it kind of made me want, um, you know the 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 worst idea of all time podcast. Yes. Yeah. So I kind of wish they'd waited to start their second season and instead of doing sex in the city Two, did Paul Blart mall cop Two? because this is like, it's really, it's, it's great. You got to experience it. Don't pay for it. Don't pay for it, but experience it. That, uh, that podcast, I, I haven't listened to them in the last couple of weeks because I've been busy, but they, uh, they inspired me finally. I, I was, I'm probably like on the twentieth episode or something by now. And finally, I was like, "All right, I'm going to watch this movie. I'm going to, I'm just going to see, you know, what it is they're talking about in this podcast." And I literally think I got about five minutes into uh, Grown Ups Two, and could not physically was unable to continue watching that movie. I mean, it is. So yeah. soul crushingly. I, I think they got something right by watching it together every week because I couldn't imagine seeing that movie. Alone. I couldn't imagine seeing that movie alone. Like yeah. yeah, on my computer. But with an audience it it wound up being a on the net positive experience. Sure. So yeah. I mean Yeah, yeah it it was it was fun. It was a fun experience. It's like you can have fun at a pizza place having dinner with your friend, uh, even if the pizza's shitty. It's like that. Grown Ups 2 starts with a deer, a CGI deer that looks like a moose in Adam Sandler's yeah, house. Yeah. And, and then he's... Oh God, do you want to say it? I, well, first of all, I just want to say the CGI deer is 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 ridiculously like high budget you can tell like they actually there were some poor animators that sat there fucking animating this deer to run through a house in this really bad slapstick scene in which he pisses on the family because it's it's a surprise deer and therefore it rears up and pisses on people and and then and then uh, they throw laundry on the deer well they just just do it you missed the first part they so Adam Sandler wakes up next to Selma Hayek and then he says to her honey open the window <laughs> what, what is opening the window going to do to help the I moose guess problem I guess deer's going to jump out the window but then it's revealed to be a quite large one I, anyway. Yeah they, I you, I haven't seen Grown Ups 2 and I it's it'll kind of be interesting to go and actually watch it cuz I probably will eventually now um, I saw Grown Ups 1 in the theater with family, and it was sh- so bad. I'm just letting you know how like, 
my experience went where I just couldn't go on. Because they threw laundry on the deer for no reason. The deer was covered in laundry, and the first thing I thought was, oh, the the, the bra and panties are going to get stuck on its antlers. And yes, the, the bra and panties get stuck on the deer's antlers, and then the, finally the deer runs outside, and the mailman just happens to be delivering the mail, and then and then the mailman looks at Adam Sandler, and he looks at the the bra that the deer had stuck on its antler, and they kind of go like, and then like directly, but but like it's not even like a like you could like they could get away with like a subtle like like facial expression or something that's just kind of like oh because oh, like she has good tits or something I guess, but I think they like directly good acknowledge tits. it. I think he literally says something like that, like he's like. She's got a nice rack or something like that. And it's just like, <laughs> what the fuck? And then they and then they go to the to fucking what's his name's family, the black guy. Chris Rock. Fucking Chris Rock's family. And Chris Rock's a funny comedian, a successful funny comedian. Oh yeah. Really? Who has He's a probably the the most legitimate comedian in those movies. And and Chris Rock has a scene in which he introduces his family is introduced and the little baby has shit in its diaper and it swings its diaper around to, to wiggle the shit back and forth in it and then and then you go to paul blart's family and and paul, paul blart, blart he's become paul blart <laughs> kevin paul, paul there is blart, no kevin james anymore paul blart has a uh, tutor in his home or maybe it was his wife or something who cares teaching the kid how to spell or do math i think it was do math and it, it was like three plus two and the kid would be like four and she'd be like very good so that they didn't have to like go through the basic parenting kind of like efforts required to get the kid it's soul crushing and that and then i turned it off i i I couldn't do it and if the whole movie is that way which it will be i don't know how they watch that every week I don't know. It's probably more fun with with friends. I mean, if you yeah. can make fun of it actively, sure. And then share, eventually, once you run out of things to make fun of, share in the despair. But, it's, <laughs> but it isn't. But it isn't so bad. Like like Troll Two is a fun movie to watch because it's so bad that but, you can watch that alone and and, and laugh. Yeah, at but it. that's bad enough that you can you can see everything bad about it on the first pass. You know, like. Something like Grown Ups Two, there's some subtlety to how terrible it is. It's the, it's the co- the complex literary bad. <laughs> You're right. Like it's 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 like you, you you sit there and you say like, I I I understand what they were going for here, and they failed fundamentally, and it's depressing as a result. Uh, in a way that Troll Two isn't, because with Troll Two, it's just like what the fuck, but. With Adam Sandler, it's like, oh, they're going to make a joke about the boobies because boobies are funny. And then they make the joke about the boobies, and it's not even subtle, and it's just... Mm. But uh, hopefully they'll redeem themselves. Hopefully Paul Blart and Adam Sandler will redeem themselves in the upcoming uh, film Pixel. Oh, right. uh, Back to video games, by the way, yeah. Jesus. That trailer, they had a whole bunch of Kevin James-related trailers in the previews, and one of them was, of course, Pixel, which will star Adam Sandler and Kevin James. Yeah. Uh, so at the end of the at the end of the uh, Paul Blart Mall Cop Two trailer that I was forced to watch on TV because I was watching something else, uh, he gets kicked by a horse. Oh yeah, and he flies across 
the screen and and into a car that that I mean it's just dramatic. It doesn't yeah. make any physical sense well, because the horse can't kick that hard, and I guess that's what's funny about it. Yeah. Well, okay. So what you saw was actually literally the ending scene of the movie. I don't think it was cut or edited at all, and if it was, it was just shortening some shots. Like literally, the ending of the trailer is the ending of the movie, and there's it. There's no smooth transition between it. It's just there. Well, it's like of. it's like, and you could while watching it, you can tell the line. You can see the lines that were there just for the trailer, like where he'll say, "They're gonna take down the whole hotel." Yeah, or, <laughs> like setting or, up the plot. It's it's game time or something yeah. like that. There are lots of moments. The moments that um, don't have music so that you can easily cut them into a trailer. <laughs> basically, basically every joke in the movie, and there were no funny jokes, but all the, all the ones that approached comedy the most, they were all in the trailer. Wow. There was, there was nothing in the movie that wasn't in the trailer that was of any value. The reason I brought up the horse kicking him and throwing him across the street with his extremely powerful kick is because I can see the minor humor in someone unexpectedly being kicked by a horse, you know, falling over, you know, yeah, you know, good classic family comic, just slapstick, whatever. He was kicked by the horse and ha ha, but they make him fly across the road and into a car and the car, the whole car shakes because he, he got kicked so hard that he flew 10 feet. And that, well, the whole joke at the end just is that, wow, look, she's a fat cop, too. Ha! Oh. And that's the ending of the movie. And then <laughs> it sets up Paul Blart Mall Cop 3, in which he marries the fat cop. Well, you know, embrace okay, their fatness. Not, the, don't spoil it. Don't spoil it, though. If you did care about the spoilers of Paul Blart Mall Cop 2, uh, you're still fine here, because this happens within the first five minutes. So the love interest from the first Paul Blart Mall Cop film uh, divorced him after six days, and That's the horrible. mother and yeah, and the mother character from Paul Blart Mall Cop One is hit by a milk truck within the first few minutes, and it's played off as like a funny joke. Does she die? Oh yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah, she's just killed by a milk truck, <laughs> and it's. It's clearly just a way to get both of those actresses out of the picture because they're not in this movie and they don't have a place in this movie. But I mean, it's they could just, move to Colorado or something. It's just not funny. It's, they could do. See, they could set see, up a he, scene where like he does something so stupid or ridiculous that they're like, "Ah, oh, that's it. We're out of here." And then they pack up their bags and go to Colorado, and it serves the same purpose. But you don't have to literally kill a character and then make a character divorce him six days after they. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. And whatever. Okay, it deserves praise, though, for having the platonic ideal of a generic movie villain. I mean, There's it was just... Yeah. He's, he's the one taking down the hotel. He's oh. stealing art from the Wynn Hotel in Las Vegas. Oh, right, Vegas. he was a mall cop. I forget sometimes the concept of no, the, the villain. No, the villain wasn't a mall cop. No, I know, but like he's a mall cop. Paul Blart is, so he oh, has to guard oh, yeah, the mall, yeah. and I guess that's where the humor ensues is... Him guarding the mall. There was the, very the first one actually had some kind of. He's home right alone, over his head. I'll tell you that much. The first one had some kind of Home Alone style sequences, but this one has like almost none of that. Is there uh, a scene where he like reaches for a gun, but there's no gun because he's a mall cop and like he uses his flashlight or something? No, it's just dumb. It's dumber than that. Uh, 
Yeah, I could say how, but it's just it's so much dumber than that. Okay, so one example is that he the enemy has a pistol, I think, and he has a taser that stuns people for five seconds and no longer. As they do. Because just that's how the rules work. And he tries to, like, slide behind cover, and then he, he slides out farther past where he's supposed to go. Oh, right, yeah. And then he, he scrambles back behind cover. I think I saw that in the trailer. Yeah, that is in the trailer. Yeah. And physically, that moment's funny. But then, because they need a whole movie after making the trailer, um, <laughs> they, they have to make that scene resolve itself somehow. And so what they do is they have him... After scrambling out of that, he just crouches behind the plant, and then the other guy with the gun just kind of walks around next to him, and then Paul Bart just tases him, and he falls down, and then he's on the phone, and then five seconds later, he tases him again, and it's funny, and then he five right. seconds later, tases him again. It's just, everything in between the parts they showed in the trailer is just painful. Well, I'm glad you watched it for us. Yeah. I'm like the nostalgia critic. I remember it so you don't have to. And then hopefully I'll kill myself later. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Anything video game related? Oh, in, in my week? No. Uh, your week <laughs> or in the news or just in general? Not really. I mean, yeah. Who cares? GTA yeah. 5 is the biggest game thing. And that's all on. we've done. Basically, oh oh, uh, Killing Floor Two came out today. Oh I, I didn't shit! Get a chance to, I didn't get a chance to play it yet, but um, I heard that there were some problems matchmaking at first, and now they're better. But I haven't tried it yet. So I want that game. I should buy that game. How much is it? It's a full price uh, game. I don't know because I don't uh, think it Carlos, is. I think it's like forty dollars. Carlos was generous. Oh yeah, it's your birthday. Bought it for me for my birthday. Right. So thank you. Shout out to Carlos. It's thirty dollars. So That's not, not bad. that bad. No. Uh, I'll buy that. I've only seen the video trailer for it, but it looks pretty cool. It, it is does. early access, but it looks complete. Oh, it's early access. It will like technically. From what I've seen, it's complete enough. I just hate that trend. Stop it. Yeah. 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 All oh. right. But yeah, there's not really not much going on. Well then, fuck it. Uh, that's the podcast. Uh, yeah. I'm sure you're down for an after show, right? Have you mm-hmm. eaten? You eaten yep. dinner? I've also I eaten have. dinner. I prepared. I prepared this time. And I ate beforehand. So we can go straight into an after show in which we will play video, video games, games, I guess. Play video games. Video games. Video I guess we'll do it on my hitbox. Hitbox.tv slash the Skippy Sigmatic. Go there. And then... We will. You can end the show on the hangout, but just keep it in the same hangout so we don't have to remake. Sure, one. whatever. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Uh, I hope. I hope. I hope we've entertained you. I hope we've tickled, you know, your your brain with some, you know, interesting information. I hope that as, yeah, as a you. person, you've become better from listening to our podcast, and maybe maybe you learned a little bit. So uh, maybe you learned something along the way. Yeah. Uh, hopefully you'll tune in next week where uh, hopefully we'll have some more intellectual tidbits for you. So uh, I, I've been I've been Skippy here. I'm this has Mike. been this has been Mike. I'm Mike. This is birthday, and uh, yes. this has been the Push to Shout podcast. Goodbye. Bye.